Okay, good afternoon, everyone. We're just going to hang on a couple of minutes more just um, so everyone can get joined in. And um, so we'll start in maybe 30 seconds or so. Okay, I think we can probably kick off now. So good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all here today to our Global Payroll Integrations webinar. Um, we're delighted to be joined by Teresa Field, Workday Integrations Consultant, and Porek Mulligan, who's VP of Engineering here at PaySIP. So both Teresa and Porek have extensive experience in the planning, mapping, and developing of payroll integrations. So we're really excited to hear from them both today. I'd also like to introduce Mary Holland, who's Chief Customer Officer here at Payslip, and Mary will be moderating uh, today's interesting discussion. So before we get started, um, just a few points. So um, just to note that this webinar is being recorded and we will make it available to you all after the event by email. We also have quite a lot of people on here today, so everyone will be muted except for our panel. Um, so if you have any questions or comments, please put them in the chat box or the Q&A section um, down at the bottom. I'll monitor those questions as we go on and we've allocated some space at the end for a Q&A. We'll also be running um, some poll questions. So we'll have two polls um, in total throughout the webinar. So it'd be excellent if um, you could all get involved in those polls. So um, with that in mind, I'm going to get the first poll started and then um, we'll hand it over to Mary. So one moment there. And we'll... Let's hope that this poll launches. Just one second. Don't know if you guys, can you see the poll there? Yeah. Yes, Aoife, it's being displayed. Oh, great, I, I can't actually see it. So I will, um, I'll read it out from my notes there. So are your HR and payroll systems fully integrated? Um, no, no plans to integrate. No, we don't have the right technology in place. Not currently, but we're looking at it as a project. And yes, we have fully integrated HR and payroll systems. So, oh yes, I can see responses collecting now. This will be this will be an so, interesting uh, an interesting uh, response from the team to see really where where what 2021 is bringing to them or where their their new journeys will be in the future. Yeah, exactly. It's actually quite heavily. Um, so hopefully if I can, should be able to display the answers now. We're all voted. Can you guys see the answers there? So, oh, no, sorry. One moment. Um, we can see the answers now, um, Aoife. Oh, great. So we have 46% 
are fully integrated, which is actually, I didn't expect that. So that's really good. Yeah, that, that's, that's excellent. And then we have uh, 38, which is a large uh, group is that are working and looking at um, doing integration. So this will be great to get insight from Porik and Teresa. So I think that's, that's very interesting. And then the, a small group that um, currently don't have plans, but you never know what uh, is going to happen. Yeah, in the future. Exactly. Okay, great. Well, Mary, um, I'll hand it over to you and I'll come in then a little bit later on with the next poll. Okay, and I think can uh, you just close the poll results because I think they're on your yeah. side. Just closing okay. them there. Okay, perfect. Great. So uh, welcome everyone. I'm very excited to have uh, my two expert panelists to talk about integration, Teresa and Porik. So we'll get um, onto our very first question. So 2020 brought us the attention to focus on the critical role HR and payroll play in their organizations. Working from home shined a light on processes, manual work, and integrations that are needed to support global payroll operations. We have heard about imports, exports, and integration as essential tools to manage payroll operations. Simply, what is integration and what integrations would you recommend global payroll organizations put in place? So I'm going to turn the first, the, Trace is going to answer this question first, and then we'll get Porik's insight to that. So Teresa, give us your insights, please. Okay. Um, Integrations, uh, generally, they act as a conduit to send data from one system to another. Um, the HR system is typically the source and the data is fed downstream to payroll providers. Automating the feed ensures that there is a better, better data integrity and less errors. Payroll has very strict deadlines. It's important that the data is extracted quickly and accurately. Mistakes in payroll are expensive and cost a lot to correct. A solid integration is a payroll team's tool for success. Um, the points of integration for HR and payroll, there's a lot of different points in, in Workday, um, but to name a few government identifiers, contact information, personal data, job details, compensation, absence and time off, earnings and deductions, worker status and service dates. Uh, Everything that can be integrated should be, in my opinion. Um, Workday has invested in building a very expansive payroll extract that is delivered through a connector with built-in change detection and works with the payroll calendar. Um, and so this usually comes as part of your subscription if you, with Workday, uh, and, and that tool is uh, can extract most of the data in the system that's related to payroll. Okay, Pork. What um, what are your thank you, Teresa? What are your insights on integration? Um, Teresa gave us a an excellent snapshot, and the best practice is to try to get everything integrated as possible. Of course, we all understand the 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 reason for that is reduce the manual error and also manual work, and our staff can then work on more ex exciting and strategic uh, directions for their organization. 
Absolutely, yeah. So um, we do want the integration to be basically as seamless as possible. And uh, a lot of the things we think about from an engineering perspective is basically how do we validate, how do we spot anomalies, how do we spot things that were entered in the HR system that we forgot to pass down to the payroll system. So new payroll elements and things like that we validate against and we basically raise alerts and we basically have a mechanism then that uh, we can get specialists involved to basically help um, make sure that configuration is done on the pistol end and the data uh, can seem to start moving across and being updated almost in real time. Okay. And I, I think it's important since we're talking about integration, uh, Teresa has a great deal of experience with Workday, so she'll be bringing in her examples from Workday. But I think it's important to understand it doesn't matter which HCM you're using or other integrations you might be pulling from benefits or pension providers. All of the items we're talking about are really going to be best practices and things to think about if you have those integrations set up today or you're looking at them in the future. So thank you both for your insight on that question. So our, our next question um, is around when developing integrations, who are the key stakeholders and what functionality and technical skills do they need? Do you recommend hiring a consultant? And what is the typical implementation time you should plan for a successful integration? So Porik, I will ask you to respond to this first. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so the key stakeholders, obviously there's uh, certain engineering staff that are key stakeholders, but a lot of the people in the business, HR representatives, finance representatives, um, are also key stakeholders and they're, they're necessary to make sure that um, uh, the project goes uh, with the timeline. Um, the other question you had there about technical skills, it varies depending on the the person's uh, skill set. So engineers obviously uh, would need to be very technically aware, but even for us, our engineers, uh, we recommend hiring a consultant because there's domain specialism. So uh, Teresa here has years and years of experience of multiple implementations, and she's seen things that basically there's no way we need 10, 15 years experience and know what happened. We need to know what happens specifically in implementations and configurations for Latin America to know what to expect. And she has that. So uh, we rely on those types of uh, skills to help us basically give us that boost on domain knowledge uh, for an implementation. Um, from a, a, an actual implementation, it depends on the scope. Uh, it really decides the length of time and complexity. Uh, if you're pulling just employee information with uh, remuneration uh, figures, it could be quite quick. But and then you know, if you could be pulling an awful lot more, you could be pulling leave, um, you could be pulling extra commissioning information, you know, uh, information that makes it more difficult. Um, so typically, it could be between one and three months to do an integration. But every case depends on the organisation themselves. I, I think you got that. It depends on the organization and their structure. And that kind of goes over to Teresa kind of sharing what she's seen, especially being a consultant in the industry. I think she's probably seen a blend of setups. She's also seen a blend of how the organization is structured. So Teresa, if you kind of could share your insights, that would be great. Sure. Um, 
payroll tends to have components of uh, data that are maintained or owned by different departments in an organization. Um, so when we talk about who uh, should be involved, uh, sometimes it, it really is expansive. So you need payroll to be involved and you need somebody from payroll who understands the payroll interface for the target system. They also should understand the, the data within the, the payroll system for the mapping exercise and then how the data flows into the target system. HRS or HR should be involved. They know the HR system. So they should be also participating in the mapping exercise. They also understand the business processes and configuration to support the data requirements on the HRIS side or on the HR side. Um, and they support the processes that improve the data quality and integrity. Um, so they need to um, understand how what they do in their daily um, activities play into what, what's you know, presented in the extract at the end of the day. Recruiting should be involved because new hires usually go through recruiting and that new hire data and onboarding event um, is very important to payroll. The timing, the content of the data, uh, things of that nature. Compensation, um, the, people are paid in different ways all over the world um, and typically within the HR system we represent compensation in a, in a single view. Um, but it's helpful to have compensation involved to understand um, how the payroll systems need that compensation data and to make sure it's being translated properly coming out of workday. Leadership's important to bring all these various departments together and help prioritize the goals and timelines. Um, I do recommend hiring a consultant that's experienced to help implement payroll integrations. That domain-specific knowledge is very important to avoid common mistakes. I've seen mistakes that have been implemented that have been extremely difficult to, to pull out. And so and getting it right in the first place is, is you know, very important. Uh, the typical implementation for a medium complexity payroll integration is around three months from, from my perspective. Um, it certainly can go longer. Uh, for complex, large integrations with lots of employees and, and, and complex payroll calculations and, and content. So there's, you know, like drivers uh, for, for a trucking company or actors for the entertainment company, uh, all these different kinds of employees uh, can make payroll also more complex as well. Okay, so Teresa, kind of just summar summarize. Um, I, I would agree with you, the consultant, um, they have the experience of doing this as their day job. And for many of us as stakeholders in our organization, we have expertise in our areas. So bringing in the expert does help to pull the, the teams together. And both you and Porik um, mentioned very key uh, team members, people in the senior leadership team so they have buy-in that everybody does know that the project or the integration is important but pulling in the finance and the hris teams and especially the team that was involved if, if they have documentation of how the the hcm was set up is going to be critical and then really the payroll teams have the expertise of what needs to be brought over so i think both of you kind of highlighted the piece 
and yes, your uh, the three months is kind of I think business standard that we hear um, for an integration. But of course, you are definitely correct. It depends on the complexity of what we're doing and the complexity of the organization, which could take longer. And then, of course, I think one of the things that's important is what resources do you have? Because you have to be able to have the resources for that three months. It just It's just not an hour a week. It can, be, it can involve more time. So things to think about when you're planning out that integration. So with, with that, um, Eva, I think we have our next poll question. Um, yes, um, I am just going to give it live now. One moment. Okay, sorry, this system is just. Here we go. So, this next one is um, What would be or is your main motivator for integrating your HR and payroll systems? Um, is it a uh, data security, efficient processes, workflow management, or reporting. Is that coming up for you guys there? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yeah. it is. Oh, um, it is. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> and Just I think, making sure. <laughs> I think Teresa and Pork will both agree that this is going to be a hard question to answer. It could involve all of them if I if what is the one thing when yeah. you pick one, it's harder. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same, but there seems to be a quite, I'll leave it a second or two longer just to make sure everyone gets a vote in, but there's a clear um, winner here. Just one a moment. clear leader. <laughs> yeah, a clear leader. So you should be able to see mm. now. So you can see those poll results now? Uh, yes, we can. So, um, uh, efficient processes is is a, is uh, the winner and for a, in a long slide of of where they want to be. So um, I think that that's really what uh, people are striving for is to improve the processes and and look at the the touch points of what's happening with the data, which is interesting. That I guess if you could pick more data security might have been uh, pulled in a little bit more. And the other two um, kind of the two ties. Um, of course, if we have efficient processes, then we're going to have better workflow and reporting. So they both kind of all tie together. So I think a good result. So thank you for um, your support on the poll. So there we go. Aoife, you can bring us back. Perfect. Thank you. So yeah. we're on to our next question. So Porik and Teresa, both of you have planned and mapped out and developed HR and payroll integration from your vast experience. What are the three best practices that global payroll leaders should know? And what are the three pitfalls that organizations made and how they can be avoided? So Teresa, I will start the question with you. What are the three best practices? And I'd love to hear some of the pitfalls that you have seen working as a consultant. I think the entire audience would like that too. Sure. Um, so my recommendations that First, identify a way to test. Interestingly enough, this can be pretty difficult. Some payroll vendors don't actually have a test system uh, and system testing is tantamount to success. Uh, so I, I, I recommend that you definitely find a way to, to test thoroughly. Um, parallel processing is also very helpful to understand what is not working quickly. So at the very end when 
think everything has passed unit tests, running it in parallel with your current production payroll system, you can identify, you know, payroll results are off or, or what have you. Look for experience to help. So again, we're, we're talking about having somebody that knows uh, what they're doing to help out to, because the complexity of payroll integrations are pretty great. Um, and technical people are required to help ensure that you're making the right decisions and, and the design is going to meet the needs of uh, the integration requirements. Um, ready to refine. So it's not one and done. <laughs> Once you've implemented, uh, be ready to, if you need to adjust, I, you know, have an analyst thoroughly looking at the results in your payroll system for, for a couple months to make sure that things are mapped properly um, and that the results the best that you can. And the pitfalls, not to get dedicating enough resources and time. So, you know, coming out to, without have de having a dedicated analysis and that mapping session, which I, which I tell you is super critical. Um, not testing enough, this second one, lack of verification of results. So having a very well thought out test plan and verifying those test results all the way to the target, uh, very important to ensure to catch any problems that could be there. Um, when you're not, when you use somebody that doesn't have experience, this can lead to misconceptions um, and a poor experience with the integration. So a lot of times it's a black box. Um, all that payroll sees is, is problems, right? And so it, it tends to be that people think that there's a problem with the integration or the target system or somewhere, but uh, if you have that experience to lead you down the right road, um, then those problems will go away. So I guess um, kind of a, a item to think about too is if the integration's not working is to dig down and see if something's not set up correctly because that could, and people will immediately say it's not working and go back to maybe a manual process for that integration mm -hmm. or or just say it was a waste of it was a waste of my time but it's really it, it may be just as simple as digging back down and I'm sure Teresa's brought into many cases where she's solving those those issues for the client. But Pork, what are what are your thoughts on um, some of the best practices, and then some pitfalls that you've seen um, with organizations working on integrations? So a, a lot of similar um, similar topics, um, building test scenarios, and basically mapping against that, and basically benchmarking yourselves against your test scenarios. So basically, this is what I plan to happen. This is what did happen. Uh, anomaly detection, trying to figure out why you're off. Um, I've seen organizations that basically do uh, a movement of large amounts of data like that, and they'll do some summarization, and they'll kind of go and say, you know, it's, it's about $500 off, but it, it's it's not. It's $50,000 off on one end, and it's you know, $50,000 off on the other end. So um, it's really getting into the fine detail. Um, 
to do that in a lot of cases, uh, the actual development work, the engineering work, there could be more work put into the anomaly detection and basically able to suck that information out afterwards and be able to compare and see why it went wrong and where. Uh, and um, if you are seeing subtle differences, chase after them. Don't wait and figure out a month later it's gone live and oh, I didn't realize that's the way it happened because that's usually that little um, smoke sign you're getting that it's slightly off is basically, you know, go after that. Uh, make sure you can find it. Um, things are, are usually not thought about uh, that have real impacts on it. Um, security, uh, uh, building in your test systems, how do you build real test data without uh, taking real data and absorbing into that system because of the risk of PII? Yeah, again, uh, that could be more difficult than building the platform itself and building the integration. Uh, it's just building the data and it to basically be able to test it. Running in parallel is a great idea. Um, pitfalls, um, uh, one of the big ones is changing the scope pathway. Um, forgetting about something, oh, uh, you know, we never thought about commission, so let's go and add in another file, another input, another feed, and that just adds uh, exponential. Uh, risk to a project. Uh, so for me, it's set your milestones, set your project plan and stick rigorously to it and chase after that goal of basically getting that as accurate as possible. And then um, if you want to push on and do the next phase, the next part of the uh, puzzle to be fixed. Okay. Well, both of you both kind of shared and Teresa shared with us the standard uh, about taking three months and we can kind of now look back and say, well, that makes sense because we have to do the testing and having that test plan, Teresa, as you mentioned up front, so people understand what's involved with the testing. Um, it, you know, what's involved is, is it unit testing and a parallel? Where you're going to be, as Cork mentioned, where you're gonna do that testing, you know, because you're using in, in payroll, uh, we're using PII information, how secure we're keeping that testing and all the test results for the different people that are involved. That then has us really make sure that we have the correct resources and we have the time. Because sometimes in projects, I think both Pork and Teresa probably have seen is the project starts to slip a little bit and people think they can do less testing um, mm -hmm. just because they wanna go live. And I think then we get into that, I gotcha point where we didn't spend, as Pork said, if something doesn't look right, to spend the time to put that uh, time in to look at it, because that's probably what'll be, we'll see something in the first month or the second month that relates back mm. to that particular piece. So one of the rules, uh, one of the rule of thumbs that uh, is, is spread across all the engineering is that if you find something at the exploration stage and it's wrong, it might take an hour or two to fix it. If you find it unit testing, it might take five hours. If you find it in system testing, it takes 10 hours. If you find it in production, it takes 100 hours. And, and literally, <laughs> instead, instead of being two people going, oh, I found a problem, you end up with basically, you know, 15 calls with 25 people. <laughs> and the just costs just explode. Um, so it, it really is try to get as much done as early as possible and find those anomalies. And, and uh, uh, when it goes live, it's, it's, it's really, really costly to fix the math first. Well, it, it's also it's also costly because if there's an error and payroll can't get yeah. out, um, 
we all know yeah. why people we all know people are expecting payday and the big exposure is there there's never there's never a few extra hours in payrolls day yeah. i can i can vouch for that one so <laughs> okay we'll go on to our our, our next question so uh, global payroll organizations are responsible for the most sensitive employee data. We've talked about that. Data security is key to every company. What needs to be considered with integration? And how do you manage the PII encryption and file transfer to various countries' locations? And what are the payroll data integrations with HCMs like Workday, SAP, Oracle, and PeopleSoft important? So, Pork, I'll let you, you touched a little bit on data security already, but I'll mm -hmm. let you start mm -hmm. and then we'll get some feedback right. from Teresa. I, I know in this survey it wasn't a hot topic, but when it goes wrong, it goes very, very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so Workday are, are um, best in class in round security. They're, they're really, uh, they really go after that in, in a big way. And some of the features they have built into the product are, are really, really, you know, security focused. So, like, when they're sending information down to third parties, they're basically they've built into the platform they can send, and it's basically encrypted during the send. So they're sending stuff over secure FTP, um, and that's one of the principles. Make sure that you try and remove people out of the process. Make sure it's fully automated. It's computer talk to computer, and everything is encrypted in flight and encrypted at rest. Um, there are some of my thoughts around. Uh, encryption and file transfer. When people get involved, um, you know what happens. Basically, data ends up on laptops. Laptops basically end up where they shouldn't be. Um, um, we want to make sure that basically uh, computers basically take over and uh, they'll endlessly retry and push the data in a secure manner. So we always uh, encrypt everything in flight. Everything is encrypted at rest. And inside in our databases, the actual uh, clients, you know, customers can basically identify the fields they consider PEI, so first name, last name, salaries, all these types of fields, date of births, and they can basically uh, apply uh, application encryption so even though we can't see what it is, it's basically sealed inside the database with another layer of encryption. Okay. Teresa, do you want to share your thoughts? Sure. Well, the only thing I, I can add to that is uh, just for Workday, the payroll integration security. Um, it has been implemented to follow the pay group security. So that means that globally, if you have uh, payroll partners in different uh, regions, basically you can divide the security to access those integrations by country and pay group, which limits the access and to the uh, artifacts and integration files that are generated um, for payroll purposes. So that means somebody from Canada couldn't see Europe's files, so on and so forth. So there's as well for security in, in most of the things. Okay, and Porik's, um, some of the comments Porik um, mentioned around uh, encryption at rest and the sharing of files. Those would definitely be uh, things to think about when uh, companies or client companies are looking for uh, a new provider and they want to do integration. Some of uh, Porik's suggestions is how do they do encryption? How is the file transfer shared? Um, encryption at rest. Those are things that as we if we know we're going to be doing that, 
as a client, we should be asking those questions of our potential uh, person that we're looking for to do the work for us. So looking at that mm -hmm. from that perspective of what, what are they doing today and really following what's happening in this space because it's becoming more and more, as Quark says, having it on a laptop or having it someplace else, how is it exchanged? Mm -hmm. we, we just have it, we have it happen in a secure way and so we have security. And integrations are an area that we'll have more and more as we go forward. So more mm -hmm. and more will be coming. And and we see that today um, in the HR and payroll space. And I think we see that definitely in, in other um, businesses. So our next question is really in closing, what key areas would you advise global uh, operation leaders to focus on regarding integration? So Teresa, do you want to uh, take that first? Sure. Um, I might sound repetitive though. Uh, payroll integrations are tough. The, they're complicated. They require a large amount of subject matter expertise to succeed. Misconceptions and poor processes are at the core of most problems I see. Invest in building the integration. Bring in experienced resources to create the implementation phase. To involve resources that are techno-functional, that can understand the requirements for operation as well as HRES. Um, doing it right the first time will save time and money. <laughs> Oh, Cork, I'll have uh, I'll have you respond to that one. <laughs> What's your yeah, thought? Yeah, uh, similar. Um, uh, for me as well, um, you have to think about your organization and, and see: uh, Do you want to go big bang, or do you want to break it up into phases? And what makes logical sense? Like, so um, how would you break it up to phases? You know, um, how would you build a milestone and know that it's been a success? Um, so plan out what would a successful implementation look like what countries that would involve in and uh, what are the risks and try to get a timeline and stick to it with scope. Okay, and, and I would uh, agree with both of you. I think the, um, we talked about the consultant that when we're going out to build a business plan, to build integration and getting approval, I think one of the things we need to, to make sure is that we have the correct, as Teresa mentioned, that both Porik, that we have the correct resources so that we have the functional and technical skills. And if we do, if we don't have them in our organization that we plan that in the business plan so that we can be successful. Because really the, the last thing we want to do is not to have it successful and have to go back and ask for, for more funds and more money. Because as, as global leaders, our reputation is on the line for what we did and we're supposed to manage it. We talked a lot, I think, about really the timeline and making sure people um, know what has to happen in managing scope. They seem like simple topics, right? But when you're in the midst of the integration, things go a little bit haywire sometimes. And, and the logic isn't sometimes happening because everyone's trying to work as fast as they can. And in some cases, I think Pork and Teresa probably have seen the people on the team are trying to do their day job and also do the integration. And then we have that conflict of how are we going to be successful when that resource is being pulled in different directions. So mm -hmm. I think both of you have have probably seen that. So so Ifa, um, what questions do we have from um, our attendees today? Oops. Just one moment. Okay, we have a couple coming in now. So. Um, 
guess this one is quite an interesting one. Um, and I think both um, Truth and Pork might have some good insights in this. So in your experience, um, when should you be considering integrations? Is it based on size, for example, over a certain amount of employees? Or should it be when you reach a certain amount of external vendors? Or what would you um, recommend for um, integrations projects? Do you want to start with that or like? Sure. Um, so, when is your payroll team not have enough time to do payroll? So, <laughs> that, that's fine, sure. Um, it, there's not a magical number, but I, I definitely I see two different types of global companies. Some that have few countries, but a lot of employees in those countries. And then we also see companies that are spread thin across many countries. And I think your approach would be different for either, right? You have a lot of people, you want a, a very well-written, robust integration with all of the data content needed, right? Um, whereas your shallow you know, population across multiple countries, you may wanna think about doing that implementation where you're just doing the core fields for your first go right uh, and that can be shared across all of your countries for the most part and then you know you can start adding in your country specific content based on who has the largest number of employees in that country and then Teresa would you recommend doing that at the same time if you were going uh, to a, a new HCM would you recommend doing the uh, HCM and the integration into payroll at the same time or would you separate those if you were changing HCMs? If you decided you were going to put a new HCM in, do you want to build the integration uh, at the same time as you're rolling out your HCM? That's what I typically say. Because you it's so say, okay. hard to get that data manually somewhere else. Um, it's just not manageable at you know, mm -hmm. sizes. I have the similar type of experience. My experience is it's not an engineering um, answer. It's basically it's the amount of manual things you're doing across different teams in your organization. If that's unwieldy, it's the time to start thinking about it. If you think about where your organization is going to be in nine months, 12 months time, can you scale up to that level? Uh, and one of the other key things to think about is, you know, um, when people are involved, mistakes happen no matter how much training uh, and how many um validations you have in place you know accidents do happen um, um integrations that are automated uh, that are tested they don't fail they just data flows it's consistent and then teresa um i'm going to ask you another question kind of re regarding this so we decide we want to go to integration do you see country uh, companies just doing the big bang and turn it on, let's say for 20 countries at one time, or um, are they, is it, you know, I, I think you might recommend the phased approach, but what are you seeing in the, in, with your clients? Most go for the big bang. Most go for the big bang. Three countries in a year with the eight, with an HCM implementation. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Um, but that's typically what I see. I even, you know, I did a small uh, Silicon Valley company uh, last year or so, um, 
they went for all 40 countries all at once, even countries with very few employees. And, and I think that's easier. I think as well as your, as I referred to earlier, there's a lot of different departments that are involved with getting this data into Workday um, or your HCM, what have you. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, you need to make sure that that data, um, that, the, that that data is correct at the end of the day. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And how do they, like, with, that, with that size, how do they deal with the long tail? Like, do they, do they give it that as much focus? Is that given as much risk um, attention as basically the large implementations, large countries? Um, if you're 40, like. Yes, well, in that particular implementation, what I, when you're setting up Workday, like most people, um, they start with the US-centric view, right? And you open mm. up all the and you're not really thinking about those, that the payroll system needs that's kind of HCM related in that particular country. So without those thoughts and process, you know, and considering all of the data points, I feel like you you kind of lose a bit of your system. You can add that on, but you have to add on all the different little pieces, onboarding, you know, the, the data entry part, um, all of that. I think it's easier when you consider it all as a global system than when you build an HCM for US and then try to make it more global. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, Teresa. It depends on where the HCM, how it got started, and who was involved in the original setup. Did we consider a global um, HCM, or did we just focus on one country because that was our largest country? It could be the U.S. or it could be a country in Europe, and the focus was just on that country. But then we try to make it global, and we, as you said there is work involved in figuring out what's happened and how you pull it together. But if you do it all at the same time, probably a better appreciation too of the fields that are required and the complexity of, of what's what's involved for payroll um, that what might be done over in Ireland versus the US, right? They're, they both have complexity, but there's different um, fields and integration that we actually need, especially when we go in into the work rules um, over in Europe when you're using that system. I think there's another, um, I'm going to ask both of you, I think there's another area where people um, seem to have some problems. It's it's not their base salary compensation, it's these one-time payments that they pay out for bonuses and uh, any type of thing they're going to pay out some allowances. So what are you seeing as the best way to handle those type of, of items? Because they're a big component that does change from payroll to payroll or they are something that may come in that we're paying ongoing. Um, well, for, for Workday, I'm a Workday consultant, uh, they, they have an extract for what they call one-time payments. Uh, you have to go through the mapping exercise, so on and so forth, and uh, get the compensation elements to mount properly over to the payroll system. But most importantly, you have to figure out uh, how to extract that data once and only once. Um, and, and understand the behavior of one-time payments, and that is that they run off cycle a lot of times. Um, and so um, you should be, main, or like the payroll integration should be 
separate, I, I don't want, I want to say separate, but uh, running on their own timelines, right? Because one-time payments, as I said, can be an ad hoc thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, once you have them independent and then making sure that it steps through your timeline and getting changes and only changes. And then also the corrections part of this, if you have corrections, rescinds, deletes, whatever your HCM system does, how are you going to handle this, uh, you know, after, you know, as you are sending out the payments to your payroll system? So understanding, you know, have they been sent? Uh, what can I do if I need to cancel or, or so on and so forth? Okay. And, and Park, so, do you have any insight on that one? <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling, Teresa, and, uh, and I and uh, some of our colleagues were dealing with a, a one-time payment recently that uh, was overtime payment for working for a weekend. And of course, there's more than one weekend in a month. <laughs> so <laughs> they, were, they weren't using the one-time payment for its uh, its actual purpose. And uh, so we had to figure out how do we how do we work our way around that. And then uh, it ends up being like more difficult because the payroll system needs to start adding things together, um, which uh, adds that level of complexity. So yeah, probably for me, one-time payments is make sure they're one-time payments. <laughs> 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 I, I, I would agree. So um, I want to thank uh, both Porik and Teresa for your insights today. I think you've shared a, a lot of great information. Um, we've, had, we've heard about some pitfalls, which is important, so we can all relate to them in our organization. So um, if we see them happening, we can take action on them. Uh, the, I think the key from even as Teresa was talking about one-time payments is really having that mapping discussion and have it mapped clearly that all teams know how the flow works. So having it visually flowed out who's responsible with the stakeholders because Teresa did mention earlier that payroll is only as good as all of the other partners that are feeding the information in. Uh, we're just, payroll is gathering all the information to then provide it to the payroll provider for calculation. And if we have a clear mapping flow with that piece. And then I think on the integration piece, I think the test, the test piece or talking about your test plan, your resources, I think everybody can agree on, on today that we've talked about is having good resources, having somebody as a consultant that does this as a day job to keep us going. So Teresa, I want to thank you probably as many organizations, bringing somebody on you, keep the, the team and uh, working through their integrations going and on track, because I think everybody probably can agree that often we're doing day job and integration at the same time. So thank you both for your insight. And if I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah, I just want to echo that. Thank you both, Teresa and Pork, and of course, Mary today for uh, moderating that. Um, what we, we are at time, we do have a few uh, additional questions, but what we might do is come back to those people separately afterwards. So um, thank you all for everyone uh, attending today. As I said, you will receive the recording of this um, by email and we will come back to um, those individuals who have submitted those um, questions separately by email as well, okay? So with that, I'll close it off. Thank you, everyone, for your time. Cheers. Pleasure. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye.